Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and the founder of K-beauty brand Jellico. On today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to have a bit of a discussion about a topic that I see popping up again and again, and that is, does it matter if the K-beauty products that you like or the products that are trending overseas aren't popular in Korea? So this is one of those topics that honestly just doesn't seem to die. I notice it these days on TikTok, on forums, and it just the same questions and the same kind of content just keeps seeming to be made again and again, you know, and the type of content that I'm talking about is this really popular sunscreen that you love, no one has heard of it in Korea. And then whoever is doing the video will go on to sort of explain, you know, uh, what's actually trending and the products that Koreans actually like. Uh, And, you know, I see discussions from time to time about whether that matters. And I just wanted to throw my two cents in, I guess, for, for whatever that's worth. Now, as someone that has been working in this industry for a very, very long time at this point. I've seen things change over the years. So when I I first discovered K-Beauty in 2011, it was obviously already a very well-established industry by then. But back in those days, there used to be a lot more crossover between the products that you could purchase, you could buy here in Korea, and the products that you would find overseas if you tried to look for Korean beauty products. And that's because there just weren't that many of them. There weren't as many brands here in Korea, and there definitely were not as many retailers or distributors overseas. In fact, K-Beauty was very niche, and it was very hard to find the products. When I set up Style Story all the way back in 2014, we were actually the first online K-Beauty store in Australia dedicated to Korean skincare products. So that kind of tells you the lay of the land, even as recently as, what, nine years ago? So a very different climate and market than we are seeing at the moment, particularly in places like North America, where K-beauty has gone mainstream. It's no longer niche. Most people are familiar with Korean beauty products. A lot of people have tried them, have their favorites and whatnot. Here in Korea, by the same token, things have really moved on. There are something like 30,000 Korean beauty brands operating in the space at the moment, which by any estimate is, you know, just wild. It is not the kind of numbers that you would expect to see in a country as small as this. And Korea is a relatively small country compared to most of the neighboring countries around it and compared to other countries, you know, in the world. For example, America, much, much smaller than America, uh, bigger than Australia. But again, that's not saying much. We are a tiny market in Australia. So I guess I just wanted to address this because I see this come up again and again. And uh, I think that this has uh, arisen for a lot of different reasons. Uh, And I don't think that it is some master plan by the brands in particular to, you know, necessarily specifically target uh, consumers overseas. So a lot of the brands that you will see mentioned when you see these kind of videos, you know, globally popular K-beauty brands that are basically unknown in Korea, a couple of names will pop up. Beauty of Joseon is one of them. iUnique is another one. Brands like Benton, sometimes Mizon. Although I noticed Mizon used to be really, really popular, you know, maybe 
I don't know, maybe six years ago, definitely nowhere near as popular as it used to be. But this was one of the ones that people would talk about. Uh, COSRX is sometimes mentioned and COSRX is a little bit of an interesting case. So I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. But particularly in the case of brands like uh, Beauty of Joseon, uh, I worked with the, the company from not long after their launch. And this was not a company that set out to target Westerners in particular. In fact, they had one launch product uh, and it was quite popular locally, you know, relatively speaking. And that got the attention of a couple of foreign beauty bloggers who then tried the product, introduced it to a lot of other people in places like Reddit and on their own blogs. And then that's how the brand really blew up. Their first product, their launch product was the Dynasty Cream. And that was actually the product that we launched on Style Story many years ago before they had any of these other products. Uh, And I used to work with the team back then. It was a very small team. And, you know, they weren't going out trying to target Westerners in particular. They were more really serving uh, a need that was there, which was that foreigners were trying to buy their products. And so they were, you know, distributing them to the local distributors just to make it easier for people to get their hands on the products. You know, other of the brands, for example, brands like Maison, I think, you know, if you look at the makeup of their team or whatnot and who actually works there, definitely has a much more global focus in their market marketing than they do maybe to target the Korean market. But they also have their own in-house capabilities for manufacturing products. So they're doing a lot more things than just making products to sell to foreigners. Uh, so that is one rhetoric that I see a lot is that, you know, I don't know, it's, it's in some way maybe underhanded or they're trying to trick people into thinking that they're a Korean beauty brand and they're not really. Uh, And I just don't follow that line of thinking at all. If the products are created in Korea by Koreans, they're manufactured here and they're made here, um, you know, they they are K-beauty products. Like I don't know what then the definition of Korean beauty is. Does it need to be popular in Korea to be Korean beauty? Like I just don't think it's that simple. Now, COSRX is a little bit of an interesting case because I think they almost had what we could call a reverse launch in Korea. And that is that COSRX took off internationally and became really, really popular overseas. And the reason that it is stocked domestically in some stores Uh, is because the brand was popular overseas, not because of how popular it was locally. And you will notice if you walk into any of the offline stores in Korea that stock COSRX, that they will have a very different range in store of COSRX products than the products that are trending overseas. And in particular, I'm thinking of the snail line. So the COSRX products that are trending here in Korea are things like their Propolis Synergy Toner and their pads. The pad products are much more well-known in Korea than a lot of the other stuff. And snail, again, is one of these K-beauty ingredients that has really taken on a life of its own. So it was trending in Korea. That's true. Probably about 10 years ago, this was a really popular product. 
But what happened was that as K-beauty sort of made a bit of a name for itself overseas, people overseas began to associate snail products with K-beauty. And so even after the trend had died out long ago in K-beauty in Korea, the snail products were still growing and growing in popularity. So this, again, is one of these popular K-beauty ingredients that hasn't trended in Korea for a long time. But there's no way that you could say that those snail products aren't K-beauty. Like, that's just not correct they obviously are they're not even k-beauty inspired like the whole idea that popularized what we see in the western markets today came from korea so do people care that koreans in korea no longer use snail mucin if you yourself like using it probably not uh, and then there is the case of all of the really popular products or brands in korea that don't get much airtime overseas and there are so many of them uh, you know, just a couple that I can think of off the top of my head are, for example, Dr. G's Red Blemish Cream, which we do sell on the Style Story website. It is not a really popular product. It is still quite a niche product. People that know about it come and find it, but the, it does nowhere near the volume of sales that products from these other globally famous brands do. Another one I can think of is AHC. Uh, that is a product uh, brand that is very well known, very popular in Korea with a huge marketing budget, just not that well known overseas. Dialba is another one. Now, I speak about Dialba a lot because I, I know it and I'm familiar with it and it has launched in global markets. But this is a huge brand in Korea that most people will know of that is not anywhere near as popular outside of Korea. Other brands that I can think of include brands like Round Lab, Manyo, very popular locally, don't get much airtime overseas. And the thing is that when people are talking about, you know, real K-beauty and I don't know, is the inference that products that aren't popular here fake? That seems to be what some people are saying, which just doesn't really fly for me. But the truth is that Koreans use a really wide variety of products from lots of different countries as well. And they shop at a lot of different price points, just like people do in the West. So it's not just as simple as saying, you know, real K-beauty is what's trending in Korea and everything else is, I don't know, fake news. I don't think that that's right. The reason that there is never going to be, again, that um, lineup or match between what's trending in Korea and what's trending overseas is just because of the proliferation of different brands. There are so many different brands, so many different brands doing different things. And the other big thing is just the culture here how people approach things. Koreans are looking for newness constantly. They want the latest trends. They want different things. If you've ever had a K-beauty brand upgrade, update, or re-release a version of a product that you were in love with and scratched your head and wondered, why did they do that? That was my favorite product. Everyone loves that product. Why have they done that? The answer is because that's what local Koreans demand. They don't want to use the same old product for years and years on end. If something is trending, that's what they want. So the way that the local brands have come up with to try and satisfy that curiosity and the consumer demand for more newness is to upgrade their product. So I'm thinking of products like Laneige Sleeping Mask. That product has currently been upgraded in Korea and is 
uh, including some of the new trending ingredients. Other really common examples include the AHC eye cream for face. They often do that. Misha often does that with their Time Revolution products as well. They will just tweak and update the formulas to reflect whatever's trending so that they can get some of those trending keywords at the top of the search results when they're talking about their new products. Doing this as well also gives them something else to talk about. You can't keep going to the media and to influencers and bloggers and presenting them with the same product over and over again. But if you tweak it, all of a sudden, hey, presto, you've got something new to talk about. And you will see that there are some globally popular Western brands or Korean brands, whatever you want to call them, that do the same thing as well. Glow Recipe is one I can think of. Their launch product, their watermelon sleeping mask, they have actually retired and you know changed it that's kind of the same as what korean beauty companies do with their products locally so koreans just consume and have different expectations from their products and it's not the same way that people overseas consume and use products i've spoken about this before but definitely where i grew up in australia the notion was that you wanted to try and find your holy grail or this one product that would like carry you through the years that you just could trust, rely on, that wasn't going to change. You know, think of the kind of products that maybe your grandma used or your mum used, like things like a signature fragrance. It's like that one product that says everything about me and that embodies all of my preferences. That's more how people are used to consuming products. That's how they like to, you know, consume products. They're happy to try new things, but they like to rely on or be able to go back to trusted, tried and true formulas that they know work for them. And it's just not quite the same here. So a big reason that the trends will be different in Korea versus overseas is just the speed of the trends, how quickly Korea cycles through everything compared to everywhere else. And the whole manufacturing system is set up for that over here. They can get really new products to market really quickly over here. And that is just not the same for a lot of um, brands and products that are being manufactured outside of Korea. Everything just takes a lot longer. The other big reason that the trends are going to keep being different, if you ask me, is because of how many beauty brands there are here. It is just that competitive and there are that many brands that there is no way that all of these brands can possibly translate their success in Korea and export that overseas and nor do they need to or want to. If a brand is already doing well here and has a loyal customer base and people that really love it, there is a lot less impetus for them to go and find a new market because they are already doing well. They're building their brand, they're making money, they have set out to you know achieve some goals and they're already doing that the brands that tend to look overseas or expand not always but often are the brands that have either reached the saturation point in the local korean market that they've they've captured everyone in the local market that they can or conversely they're not doing so well here and so they're looking for new markets that they can expand into but in neither of those cases does that mean that the brand is in any way you know deceiving consumers or not a true k-beauty brand I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think the other thing that can't be discounted these days is the pandemic. So we were in masks, in face masks in Korea for years longer than most other countries. And that caused a whole lot of different skin issues. And it meant that the focus on beauty products and what people were wanting from new launches 
was for a while very different here compared to what it was in the rest of the world. What I'm thinking of is things like mask knee, things like barrier damage and skin sensitivity caused by wearing the mask. Those kind of trends went on for years here. And the reason was that, you know, a lot of people in this country were experiencing similar issues for their skin at the same time. And that wasn't the case in places like America or Australia that dropped their mask mandates quite quickly. Uh, And they had kind of moved on from the whole COVID thing, whereas it was still going here. So that just creates even more of a gap between what's trending in the local market and what's trending overseas, because it's like chalk and cheese. The, the, The products that people are searching for when they're Googling or neighboring whatever search platform they're using here locally. We use a platform called Naver, uh, and that is much more accurate for Korean language search things than Google a lot of the time. So that will then impact the kind of products that people are going away and creating because brands look at this stuff too. Uh, they want to know if, if people are searching for a particular phrase, if people have a specific skin issue, they want to know about that. Another reason that you will see variations between what's trending here and overseas is things like pollution, things that affect our local climate. Korea has a very bad problem with fine dust, micro dust, particularly in spring. That's when it tends to get really, really bad. And also with yellow dust that comes over from the deserts in China. So definitely other countries do have, you know, issues with pollution. Korea is not the only polluted country in the world, but this is a very acute problem in Korea that you don't necessarily see in other countries or certainly it's not as widespread in other countries it might be limited to particular areas heavy industrial areas or whatnot but this is a nationwide problem that really does affect people living here it affects their health it affects their skin It impacts schools and daycares and things like that, whether they can do outside activities. This is a major problem and you will see that reflected in, you know, the anti-pollution cosmetics and releases like that that just probably won't translate as well overseas. I think another reason that the trends will always be different is because Koreans use their skincare products in a very different way to how people tend to use products overseas. What do I mean by that? Well, things like skin cycling, um, the prevalence of using really harsh actives that we see overseas, exfoliation techniques and whatnot, that really impacts. If you're going to be going in with a high strength retinol and using that every night, you are going to have particular needs for your skin. And a lot of Koreans do not use their skincare care products like that. They tend to save all of that kind of stuff for a trip to the dermatologist or a skin clinic and their skincare that they do at home tends to be a lot more gentle, a lot more nourishing and a lot more hydrating. Now, obviously, K-beauty skincare techniques and routines and whatnot have taken off overseas and there are a lot of people that do incorporate products and use them in a similar way to how Koreans use use their products but it's still going to be a minority of the products and how a lot of people have been taught to use skincare in the rest of the world is just fundamentally very different so the same products aren't always going to make as much sense another reason I can think of is the weather here Uh, so they're the kind of products that we have 
I guess, um, seen become really, really popularized here. I'm thinking things like the multi-balm sticks and whatnot. A, a big part of the reason that they are popular is because they address a specific skincare concern that a lot of people will have at the same time. And that's just not going to be as um a bit as big of a need in places overseas. One particular example I can think of is Kahi's multi-balm product. A lot of people absolutely love it, particularly people that have a really dry winter or very harsh winter that impacts their skin and causes lots of dry patches. People that aren't going to love that product are people that live in more tropical climates, hotter climates, people where, you know, their skin naturally tends to get a lot oilier, a lot faster just because of where they live. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to those people to use a product like that and carrying carrying it around in their handbag because they just don't need it. So at the end of the day, does it matter if K-beauty products aren't popular in Korea? My answer is no. If you like the product that the Korean brands make or a brand that manufactures in Korea makes, then who cares if it's not really popular in Korea? The thing is that is most important is that it's working for you, that you feel like you are getting value for money. You have found a product that, you know, fits into your routine and reflects the way that you like to use skincare products and how you like to treat your skin. I just don't understand, I guess, this, um, you know, the constant need to, um, you know, come out with videos and whatnot like that and, you know, exposing brands that, you know, aren't as popular or aren't as well known locally in Korea. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I get that that's, you know, the way that content creation is trending these days and, you know, scandal sells. There's a lot of people that make their living basically off, you know, trashing other people in their videos, trashing what other people have said in their videos. Uh, You know, I get it. That kind of thing gets the clicks, it gets the likes and whatnot. But when it comes to this particular topic, I just don't think it's that simple. I don't think it really matters if a product isn't trending here. You know, it's it's not like it's being made in some underground basement or something like that. Like it's still being made by the exact same manufacturers. The same hands are touching these products that touch the products that are popular here. This whole argument just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, If it's being designed, manufactured, produced, you know, boxed up and all of that here in Korea, then, you know, I don't really get the whole scandal. It's not the same thing as saying that you've been sold fake product, like a fake Gucci handbag, for example. Like that's an actual issue. This kind of thing saying that, you know, product A is not as popular in Korea as it is in America. Like so what? You know, celebrities, uh, you could say the same. Does that make them fake celebrities if they're more trending in one country than another? Like, no, clearly not. So I think this is all a little bit of a storm in a teacup. I think there are very good reasons why the trends are different in Korea versus the rest of the world. Uh, and that gap between what's popular here and what's popular overseas is only going to keep growing bigger, particularly as people introduce more and more K-beauty products on platforms like TikTok in a different language. What they trends and takes off in English is clearly going to be very different than what's trending and taking off in Korean. The platforms are all different. How people use them is all different. Like that just makes sense to me. I think that there are less borders in the world 
in general than they used to be and things go globally around the world a lot quicker I'm always surprised when I travel like oh you can get that restaurant here as well oh that food is trending here that look is trending here like I just don't think there's the same distinction as there used to be uh, in the world certainly when I so I I moved to Italy and lived uh, did a year of high school in Italy when I was 17. And back in those days, let me tell you, there was just a world of difference between what was trending in Italy and what was trending in Australia. And that's because we didn't have smartphones. Like these were the days where if you wanted to call home, you literally had to buy like a pay, um, a pay card and like dial in a million different numbers just to call home. Like I went for months without even speaking to my mum and dad because I didn't have any money to buy like a pay phone because I was, you know, just a poor student. So that we do not live in that world anymore like you can very easily see what people are doing on the other side of the world in real time you can see what they like what they're wearing how they're dancing all of those kind of things so it just makes sense to me that trends just travel around the world they change slightly it's like Chinese whispers you know um but I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with that so I just wanted to have this conversation uh just add my two cents to the to the fire for whatever it's worth uh if you have found this conversation interesting and you would like to keep going let me know what you think then come and find me on the gram I am at lauren.kbeauty Uh, you can always find me there. The other thing you can do is come and find the Facebook group. We are, I think it's called K-Beauty, the Korean Beauty Show podcast chat. The group is getting really, really quiet at the moment. So you can always come in there and share your thoughts as well. I would love to hear more discussions going on in that group as well, just because it's easier for everyone else to see what we're talking about. But I will finish up there for today. I hope you have enjoyed this chat. And until next time, I will see you on Style Story. 